0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Relaunch Podcast. Ooh, today is going to be so good. We've got a little history here that we're going to be going back into. And if you've ever thought about how and why and what is the best way to meet that perfect person in your life... Well, then, you want to hang around with us today because I have no other than the world-famous Julie Furman. She is a professional matchmaker and dating coach. Since 1990, she has over 1,300 success stories. 1,300! she is an engaging speaker with decades of experience in media public speaking she hosts the cupid's coach podcast and has produced 500 singles events she met her husband through her own proactive love search she is based in la and santa fe but she's kind of like this this woman that does it all throughout the entire world and she offers personal consultations around Zoom where it doesn't matter where you are, you can hook into Julie's world. Now, here is the greatest part. I actually met Julie years and years ago when I was dating someone. And we're gonna get into that story as well because it was such a fantastic meeting. I have since continued to send people to her. You're listening to the Relaunch Podcast, and I'm your host, Hilary De Caesar, best-selling author, speaker, and transformational coach, widely recognized in the worlds of neuropsychology and business launches, which cultivated the one and only 3HQ method, helping midlife women, yep, that's me too, rebuild a life of purpose, possibility, and inspiring business ventures. Each week, we'll be diving into the stories that brought upon the most inspirational relaunches while sharing the methods and the secrets that they learned along the way so that you too can have not just an ordinary relaunch, but an extraordinary relaunch. Julie, this was so fun to see you on my podcast schedule. I can't even tell you.
1: Me too, Hillary. I've been a fan forever and ever and ever. You know, I talk about my people and not my people. Like you just know when you meet somebody who's your people. And that's the way I felt when I first met you. And I'm just sort of getting shivers that we get to do this together.
0: Well, it's crazy how, I mean, you know, we we both have, you know, people that are saying, hey, get together, you need to, you know, meet this person. And a lot of times I don't see who's on my schedule until the night before. And all of a sudden I saw your name, I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? This is the greatest. So let's go back, cause this was so fun to have my first meeting with you. There was a woman named Patty Stanger and she is the millionaire matchmaker. And somehow I got connected with her. And next thing you know, she's inviting me to her place in LA, she had a beachfront house or something, and she was doing the TV show at that point, Millionaire Matchmaker. She was all the rave and she's like, just come hang out with me for the day. And I had a boyfriend at the time. I was, I think I was in a relationship for about a year at that point. I was divorced and had another uh, more significant. And we spend this day and I see like, you know, all these different things that she's doing. And of course she starts to talk to me about like, what's going on in your love life. And I said, well, I'm kind of dating a guy. It's long distance. We're going back and forth. And she says to me, are you going to marry him? And I said, not a chance. Like, there's no way this is a future wedding. And so she says, okay, you need to end it. And you need to talk to Julie Furman. I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, well, But wait, I'm still dating. She's like, it doesn't matter. Just have the initial conversation. She picked up the phone while I was at her place. Julie, she called you. And I remember so perfectly, there was a speaker phone and she was like, you need to talk to this woman. And at that point, I think that she was not handling women. She was only handling Never men. Never did. Never did. Won't touch a woman with a 10-foot pole. Oh, okay. Well, we needed to discuss that also, but I got connected to you and you were darling and you were so engaging. I think we ended up meeting maybe even in the next few days after that. Came um, up to San Francisco to meet you. Yes. yes. Yeah, that's and exactly then, what it, did. Yes, and you were, where were you based at that point? L.A., Okay, you were in LA. And so we had this conversation and the first thing you said is Hillary, get rid of him." Like you're not, this is not something you want. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And I did it and I listened to you and you just started to be such a, you know, you you were guiding me through my love journey and it was just the greatest, but let's go back. Let's go back to this comment you just made about she wouldn't touch women with a 10 foot pole. Do you touch women with a 10-foot pole?
1: Yes, and cautiously, because honestly, we girls, we never expected to have to work this hard for love to happen. We thought it was going to be like this. Ah, and she's holding up everyone who's just listening, the whole little angels, and she's got
0: the wings. And yeah, we certainly did, didn't we? Prince Charming. Yes, absolutely. Prince Charming is going to ride up on that white horse and just That's like... That's right. Us and just like...
1: Just like Sleeping Beauty, we're going to be laying there on a slab, and some guy is going to be gorgeous, of course, with the white horse and with the palace, and he's going to wake us up from our slumber at with some. A big, with a big, wonderful kiss. Oh, of course, yes, right. He's going to be so studly, um, and we kind of grow up with this ridiculous notion, and then Hollywood reinforces it. And so what happens is when we spend a lot of money to hire a matchmaker, we're like so mad that we have to do it. And we're like, I can't believe that I'm, I'm, that I'm failing so badly that I got to write a check for $25,000 or whatever it is. And if it doesn't work out, whoa, we girls can be vindictive. So what happened is at the end of the year, you know, the matchmakers look at, okay, how did the year go? And and who were my problem people? Who made me cry? Who made me get up at three in the morning? Who made me cash out my savings account to write a refund. And it was usually a woman. So little by little, I've watched it. I've been doing this for 33 years. One company after another just says, I'm only working for men, girls can join free, but I don't wanna be on the hook. And so I do, I love women. I have more female clients than male clients, but we are three times as much work. Do you wanna know why? Yes it's related to the attraction conundrum so i ask i've been asking women this question since 1990 have you ever met a guy that you were not particularly attracted to visually but then you got to know him and before you knew it he became adorable and even dateable 85% of women will give me a yes response to that question now there are some women who kind of date like guys cuz guys will give me like less than 5% of men will give me a yes response to that question And we girls think that men are superficial and shallow, but guess what? They have equipment that needs to work. And if it doesn't work, (laughs) seriously,
0: if it doesn't work, you can't make it work. Like if they're not attracted to you, then sayonara sister, right? It's never going to happen. If a guy doesn't have that immediate charge, the chemistry.
1: It's a certain
0: threshold for every guy is women. 85% 85% of women have found that they can get romantically involved with a guy that they initially didn't first find attractive.
1: We have a term for it. It's Alison Armstrong's term, uh, my favorite relationship guru. It's called the Adam Sandler effect. We have the ability to follow. Ah, into- that is so true. I don't know if Adam knows that we are, you know, using him as this perfect example of a guy who looks like an egghead until you meet him. And then you're like, oh my God, I'll go off in the plane with him so yeah okay that much more challenging because i gotta go to the guy and i gotta say listen how's timing jack because finally if i'm working for hillary right i've got her important criteria and i know hillary if she's going to be dating she would want a guy who's probably tall he's going to be well educated super smart he's probably going to be pretty good looking he's going to be relationship oriented not just a player who wants to have eight girlfriends at once and that's all great. So I found Jack and he's available. Oh my gosh. And then I have to sit here on the edge of my chair as I share Hillary's profile. I'm biting my nails. I'm like, I hope he says yes. I hope he says yes. Because I don't care how wonderful he is. If he's not attracted to who you are, I have nothing. So yes. men don't like to have to wait for the right. And I don't tell him what's going on behind the scenes. I've got a brand new client right now. I love her. She's in LA and she's magnificent. I've already gotten five no thank yous because for every one yes I get from a guy, I'll get six to seven. Oh, Jewel, thanks for thinking of me. She looks great. She's just not my cup of tea. Who else do you have?
0: Oh, God, this is so interesting. So I don't know if you know this. Actually, you might. You might remember. After um we met, I'm I'm a growth junkie. I love like learning, I love experiencing new ideas and putting them in place around, you know, my own clients and my own business. And, you know, it it was so funny because I was so fascinated by matchmaking and it ended up that I went to New York and not that I was going to get into matchmaking, but I ended up getting certified as an international from the Matchmaking Institute, uh, an actual matchmaker. And... I did it and it was so great because, you know, I always believe in in what I do and how I coach people that you got to first love yourself. You got to date you, you got to, you know, be willing to be in the same room with yourself for a very long time and love yourself. And so it was fascinating as I went through hearing even like statistics that you're saying right now about men and what they want versus women and how women can end up falling in love with a guy that they found not attractive at all. And I remember after I got my, um, my matchmaking certificate, I was approached by some women and especially my really good friends. Like, Hey, you know, do me, pick me, pick me. Right. And I used some of that on, I'm thinking of one specific woman where she was like, yeah, you know, not so much. And there is this guy. And I'm like, well, let's just, let's just play with this. Go out for a couple dates and see, well, guess what? They ended up getting married. And I, that was my, that was my one and done. <laughs> but I remember seeing you at this event and I, I've i always been fascinating. I, I am fascinated by how matchmaking actually came into existence and i remember you shared that at one point with me and i'd love it was around the history and around like the perception of matchmaking so
1: can you back in the old days you know matchmaking is the second oldest profession (laughs) (laughs) and you know but it used to be when people didn't have access to you know match.com or the swiping apps or anything like that. So the little local Yenta, I think it started in the Jewish community, would say, hey, you know, Susie, you need to meet Joel. And I think it's going to be great. And sometimes the families would get involved. It's still being done traditionally in India. Um, But what happens now, I'm, I'm really not a matchmaker, Hillary. I am a possibilities broker. I am a relationship enabler. That's who I am. So the the best way I can do matchmaking is to have a huge community. I've registered 36,000 men and women since launching my company 20 years ago. And two-thirds of those people are women. And then when we bought a home in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I started becoming like the local matchmaker celebrity in Santa Fe, also two-thirds of the people who find me or I'm able to find and invite them in are women. Guys are much harder to find. And it's kind of like women think that guys might be commitment phobes or something, but really a guy has to be available. Timing has to be right, but then he has to be inspired. What inspires a guy to get off of his computer, out of his cave, and actually go on a real live date? He has to be inspired by a particular woman very often.
0: Okay, so you just said relationship enabler. That is so good. And that you're not even referring to
1: yourself anymore as a matchmaker. I have to call myself a matchmaker so Google can find me, because that's what people are looking for. Just find me the match, Julie, find me the match. But really, it's so much bigger than that. It. I, have to, I really like them to go through my three-month, uh, it's actually 60-day boot camp first, which is everything that I need as the matchmaker to make sure this person is prepared and they won't blow their opportunities the same way they've been blowing it out there in the world for 20 years, right?
0: So you mentioned this whole thing about men and men that are out there. Are men at, are the really great guys apt to actually hire a matchmaker? I mean, well, is that kind of like an ego thing where.
1: Oh. I want to know the honest to goodness truth. I would say one in five of the men who comes to me thinking that they should hire a matchmaker. I would even take on as a client because they don't get it. The guy might be 67, but he's attracted to 40 year olds. And he thinks I can just, if he just pays me, I can make that happen. I'm not a sugar daddy matchmaker. I'm not, I don't do it. I will say to the guy, if you need to meet somebody consistently, that's more than 10 or 15 years younger than you, I'm not your matchmaker call Patty Stanger. She does that all day long, but I won't, I won't do it. See, it's really a function of what's their level of desirability, right? What do they bring into the table? And then what's their level of selectivity? So the people I will not take on as matchmaking clients is maybe there are four in terms of overall romantic market value, but they want the eight. I don't care if you have the Ferrari, dude, she's not going to go for you.
0: (laughs) So I want to ask you, what are men when they come to you and and it's the good ones, right? What are they really looking for in a woman?
1: You know what it is? They're looking for what they call every now and then they'll use these words. They want a soft place to land at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And all the women want the guys who are successful, big, strong, powerful. And they all tell me the same thing. They're just intimidated by my success. Can I just put that the whole thing to bed right here? (laughs) I've never in thirty three years heard a man say that he's intimidated by a woman's success. You know what it is? They're put off by the way we're being about it. When we say, "Oh well, I always travel first class, and I have to have this, and I like that, and I got to have," that's just gross to a guy. I don't care if he has three homes and always travels first class. One of my former clients said it this way. It was so amazing. He lived in San Francisco. I think I met him on the same trip that I met you all those years ago. He became my client, wonderful guy. A lot of women would kind of overlook him because he doesn't want to take a woman to a fancy restaurant on the first night. He might ride his bike and go to a coffee shop or have a winery or something like that. He said the reason he finds so many women entitled and just disgusting when they're entitled, he says, so beautiful, he said. When a woman expects something from me, it robs me of the joy of providing it. Oh, everyone, listen to that. That is,
0: that's gold right there. I have to tell you, when you were saying that, I remember a date I went on where I came in hot. I had been, I had not hot as in looking hot. I had been in a board meeting almost like the entire day. I remember like very quickly at the last second, I put on a little lip gloss and I come charging in and I sit down and I'm meeting this guy for the first time. And I'm like, you know, well, I do this. And he's like, you know, how was your day? And I'm like, Oh, well, it was this and that. And that was like, you know, one and done. Like we were like, uh, this isn't going to work out. And then when I met my husband, it was when I was at my most vulnerable, And I came in and I remember the date and it was like, you know what? Yeah, things, I didn't want to talk about business. I didn't want to talk about anything because I just wanted to be present. And guess, well, I said, my husband, you know, it ended up, it ended up being that. And so how do you, with business women, with women that are, they're all that they're doing well. They're, you know, they just have not had that, you know, that amazing connection. What do you coach them on? How do you coach them to say, Hey,
1: tone it down a bit lady. (laughs) It's complicated. And it's not that we need to dumb ourselves down, but a man needs receptivity. The more masculine he is, the more feminine he needs his partner to be. I see sometimes relationships where they're both kind of masculine and feminine. My husband and I are like that. We're feminine and masculine in different ways. He jokes around, he says, I'm just like a guy, except you can have sex with her. It's hilarious. (laughs) Because I'm kind of like a tomboy. I'm kind of like hanging out with the boys all the time. But I really have to work with women to help them learn. And I have to, I'm learning it myself every day, how to switch back and forth between get it done masculine you know results oriented energy and soft flowing receptive energy using our ears more than our mouths letting him finish his sentences hello how about that that's a good one <laughs>
0: you know what i do i my i actually my office is in the pool house and so i have a about 40 steps before i go into the main house where i'll i'll see e and i literally have like it's like you know men going into their cave i have this and it's not the walk of shame it's this walk of turning myself from being, and I now am doing something that I'm absolutely so passionate about, you know, so my calls and my days are so beautiful, but I still have to get out of that. Like, I'm oh, good doing this. And I got this next one. I got this next show in the podcast. And I have to just give myself a, and it's a slow walk. I do a slow walk And I walk in and at that point, I can say, you know, E, how was your day? Loved and, you know, all that. And there is that moment. But let me ask you, you mentioned earlier a $25,000 price tag. What are matchmakers these days
1: going for? And oh, anything they can, can get and i mean what do you think where are they thing like, they what? can get it's just disgusting now i come from the consumer's perspective because i was the consumer you remember how i met gil i joined his dating service he did the interview took my 1450 bucks then i realized oh my gosh he doesn't have a really great database uh-oh that's going to be a slow trickle of new people this was video dating right And then I knocked on his door. He probably thought I was trying to get my money back. I said, hey, dude, what's the story with you? I looked in the G book under Gill, and I didn't see you. And he says, well, I'm not supposed to date my members. I thought, darn, another good guy I can't date. So I said, what would you do if one of your members asked you out? And he said, if she was cute, I'd probably go. I said, come on, let's go have a beer. And five weeks later, we got engaged. Five months later, we got married. Two months later, we got pregnant, which I didn't think was ever gonna happen because I had issues. So, I married into the industry, worked for him for a long time. Really, that story is so great. It's
0: I just- love that story because you bring up something right there. You asked him out. And that was how many years ago? thirty three and uh, not acceptable at that time. It wasn't the the rules, right? We put these rules on ourselves. And I want everyone to hear that was thirty plus years ago for her.
1: Yeah. Rolls, and before and that, out. blow the rules up. <laughs> Gil Furman's mother literally tripped Mr. Furman at the Catskills. This was in the 1940s. He falls flat on his face. She helps him up. She says, I knew I could get you to fall for me. And she has a little card. She sticks it in his pocket. And on that card was her name, her phone number, and a short message that said, Al, when you get back to the Bronx, darling, you call me. I'll be waiting for that call. She took him around by the nose for 56 years. Oh, These girls are in charge of so much. It's not up to them. You know, it's as simple as saying, you know, if you ask me out for coffee, I'd probably say yes. Or you roll your window down as one of my clients did at a golf tournament. She says, so aren't you going to ask me out? (laughs) Please, ladies, it's up to us, especially since Me Too happened. It needed to happen, but it's had some bad consequences. Really good men are not approaching women and COVID didn't help either. So we got to turn the cab light on.
0: Let's talk about that. They're not approaching really good women or really good men are not approaching women because what are they most concerned about?
1: Let's just call it out. They have too much respect for us. They don't want us to feel preyed upon. They don't want to be the, Hey baby, how you doing? They don't know how to do that. I've got a beautiful, wonderful new client in LA. I just love him. And he is 66 years old recently separated going through divorce hasn't dated since a really long time ago and what a joy it is to just line up wonderful dates for him with quality women who are interested in meeting him a lot of the matchmakers are doing blind date matchmaking i'll tell you one person that doesn't like a blind date is a man (laughs) <laughs> you know, if if you're dumpy and frumpy or if the guy's not particularly attractive, yeah, blind date matchmaking is what you need because your photos are not going to help you on Match.com. But if you actually are quite appealing, deservedly selective, don't do blind date matchmaking. What a... What a waste of money! And a lot of these matchmakers are charging a whole lot of money. There's, um, there's an agency up in San Francisco. I think you know which one it is. Who's charging three hundred thousand dollars? I want to know what you get with that. Do you get a Porsche? <laughs> are you kidding me now? I'm not kidding. Are women, women or are they just taking
0: men? Find out for me. Find <laughs> out. For me. We'll do some research here because that is that it is
1: just incredible. Outrageous, And no matchmaker can promise relationship. We can't even promise second dates. Too much can go wrong. A lot of these matchmakers are charging these fees, and they're not even setting up the first date. I orchestrate everything, and I've got a $10,000 price point. I orchestrate the first date. I don't give out last names. I don't want anybody Googling, but I set that reservation, and I confirm with both people. Are you excited about your date? We have a date going on over lunch today in Los Angeles. Set it all up, made the reservation. Are you both set? Okay, let me know how it goes. That's what a real matchmaker does. Along with the feedback and coaching, like, okay, I think I know why you're not getting a second date. I think I figured it out. You gotta know. I make them beg for it. They have to really wanna know. Because if I just write it in an email, oh, you know, your breath is bad or oh, you're on your phone too much or you're talking about politics too much or whatever it is, they can't hear it. They have to be receptive to hearing it.
0: So it goes back to what you said that, you know, that, that we do put all of these rules onto
1: ourselves and the rules, wh- who came up with the rules, right? Who? The did- stupidest book? Anybody who has that book needs to take it out to their barbecue pit and torch it. It is the worst advice I've ever seen in a book about how to date. Uh, and which book are you referring to? The Rules. It's called The Rules. And it's it's I just And get get new rules from Julie Farman, Cupid's coach. I will set you straight. (laughs) The rules that are out there are good. I am a big, I I
0: I think that there are certain rules that you know we should follow. But around love, I have to say it's got to be your intuition has to be your guiding light. I mean, you know, I remember when I first met E i did the cardinal sin apparently after i met him i called him and said hey i had such a great time but i had a few glasses of wine because i met him very late at night it was kind of this crazy story i won't go into it now and i called him the next day because i was like wait i think i really like this guy we really had a great connection and i said hi i'm hillary i have three kids can we go through some of the things we talked about he thought it was the greatest thing rule breakers are what we're looking for these days. So you've, you've, you've explained this whole, um, how you got into this business, you, you know, married in and it became your life's passion. And for those women that are out there that are now contemplating online dating, they're frustrated. I can't even tell you how many people come to me now and I'm, you know, relaunching them, right? The big relaunch. I'm ready. I want to do something. What do you suggest to those women that are now like, I want to do something, but online
1: dating still feels sleazy. Yeah. Have them register privately with me. It's free. It's private, JulieFurman.com, and I will help them sort it out. What I'm really passionate about is helping people do dating well so that the dash that is between relationships is expansive. It's rewarding. The first 30 days of my bootcamp, I don't want anybody dating at all because we're gonna fall back in love with ourselves. I will guide them through the little selection detox. Of their- little detox in that first 30 days. Because people get addicted to this whole business, right? So it's really important to take that time off, but I'm gonna help them create their profile. And most importantly, what are your top three critical criteria? These are the three things you'd rather be alone for the rest of your life than partner with somebody who didn't have these three things. Yeah. Usually for a woman. It's integrity and character. Mm-hmm. They'd rather be alone forever than partner with a guy whose word they cannot trust. So that's usually their kindness is usually there. And people say, oh, wait, that's just a given. Uh-uh, just drive on the freeways of Los Angeles and you'll see a lot of unkindness out there in the world, right? Mm-hmm. So um, and then the third is usually something around shared values, passions, things that we can do together. But it's not height. It's not hair. It's not how much does he make. I don't care how much people make. I want to know what their relationship with money is. Do they earn more than they spend? I like the millionaire next door better than the guy who's driving the Ferraris. I'll tell you that for sure.
0: You know, it's interesting because I do. I'm sure women out there right now are thinking, well, what do you do with men? And I have a brother, Brother G, we call him, my brother Greg. And he's recently divorced. He's going back out there. All right. G comes and gets involved with your program.
1: What do you do? What do you do with the guys? Oh, I love I love it when I get a new stallion in the stable. It's I- like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, he's, he's
0: definitely a stallion. He's where does he live? He was that guy. He's up in Northern California and he was oh, that guy. Okay. So you know, married, has two kids, beautiful ex-wife. They have this great relationship and he's frustrated with online dating
1: yeah send him to me and i will so (laughs) but what do you do what i need to know
0: first thing i do want to know what you know if we get hooked into one of the guys that you're
1: working with yeah here's so right after i talk with you i'm going to be on the phone with a guy named mark it's a screening call it's a free 30 minute call while he's me and I are talking, I'm going to be putting together his profile. I've written 35,000 profiles. I'm really good at it. I can do it really fast. He doesn't even know. I'm just quietly typing away while he's talking. And then I'm going to look and see what women in my world deserve to meet him. I'm not instantly going to try to sell him a $25,000 program. First thing I'm looking at is what women in my world deserve to meet him. And I will look for an introduction for him with a woman who's a current client or a former client. Or somebody who's done that little $295 Zoom call, right? They deserve a shot at this guy, Mark. But I don't have anything until I go to Mark and I say, I've got this girl, Hillary. What do you think? Because he might go, eh, not so much. Who else you got? But I only share with my women good news. So first, I got to find the guy. He might do that $300 consultation. He might do my $3,000 boot camp. But I kind of want him to do that stuff first before he becomes the matchmaking client. Most of the matchmakers are signing on that high dollar client and introducing him to the hottest babes they have. And the guy might get married, but he's going to get divorced two years later because it's got to be a lot more than just looks. And the matchmakers are out there and they're scouting for hot looking babes. But hello, how about we get the whole person and the profile and find out what really matters to her? I don't think personal matchmaking can be done well on a huge scale. I've tried it. Because you'll be hiring salespeople who are gonna close a deal. You're gonna hire matchmakers who are on quota. How many matches can they send out so that they can get paid because they've got rent due? I don't think it can be done well on a big scale.
0: Oh, you know what? I'm gifting Brother G a session with you. Done. And I'm super excited because I've mentioned relaunch, your profession, your business, scaling it. That's what we do with Fired Up but we also have relaunch love which is the personal side which is all about loving yourself all about loving you know others all about bringing in a relationship you are going to be now part of relaunch love
1: i so should excited. be part of it i thought about it when i saw it i'm like hey i should be speaking as part of it. oh
0: you should be there should be a tight integration so excited to talk to you more about that but we have to wrap so at this point how can people find you and what, you know, what would be that first step?
1: Yeah. First thing to do is go to com and register. It's free. It's private. I'm the one who sees the new registrations. I'm the one who reaches out and welcomes you, schedules that call. And then, um, also the podcast, the Cupid's coach podcast. I've done over 120 episodes and it's the best thing I've ever done. And it's totally free.
0: Ah, oh, Julie, it has been so much fun. My energy right now is off the charts. I love it. Me lo- too.
1: I'm driving up uh, to Boulder right now to see you. That's what oh, I'm going to do.
0: Th- I just think you're the best. And everyone listening out there, you know, you've heard how you can start to get engaged. You might have a friend who needs Julie right now if it's not you. And again, Brother G, I'm going to be hooking you start with Brother G. I can't wait to talk to him. <laughs> well, you're darling. Thank you again for being here and everyone else. You know what, right now, you've got massive relaunches, you've got smaller relaunches, micro, and the and the mega. And I want you to really think about, it's not one or the other. It's not your business that you're trying to scale. It's your business and your life. Growth comes in all shapes, but you have to be willing to be open for growth in all areas. And right now, we're talking about personal life. Julie, yeah. thanks again so much for being here. Thank with you, me. Hillary. I love you to pieces. You've just heard another episode of the Relaunch Podcast. If something shared in this episode resonated with you, please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five star review. And share this episode with others to inspire them to take the small steps that lead to a life full of purpose and possibility. And remember, you can have immediate access to the show notes and any giveaways at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next week, now is your time to relaunch your transition into a transformation.